0: Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the fields of psychology and mental health. With your host, Gabe Howard, and featuring Vincent M. Wales.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show. With me, as always, is Vincent M. Wales. Here I am. And today we're going to talk about person-first language. So I've got a little document here that describes person-first language as, if you speak with someone living with a mental health disability, remember to speak to the person first and the disability second, and they list some examples. Don't say mentally ill people, do say people with mental health experiences. Don't say bipolar person, do say a person living with bipolar. They go on to explain that using person-first language to address individuals with mental health disabilities is more inclusive. Person-first language helps a person feel respected rather than labeled as abnormal or dysfunctional. They feel that it also helps educate others by using person-first language. Now, I've been in the mental health community for a long time. I've, I've seen this firsthand and I'm not necessarily on board with it. I, I sort of understand some basic concepts, ideas, and utilities behind it. But in general, I'm kind of not a fan. Vin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm in
2: the same boat there. I, um, I, I'm i not a big fan of the thing either. But before I get into that, who is the they in this case? Who, who put that little document together? Uh,
1: this is coming out of Disability Rights California, who gave this example. Uh, the other... Um, it, the other definition that is out there uh, is also from SAMHSA, which is you know the, the federal mental health folks, and uh, NAMI, Mental Health America, and finally uh, the DBSA are also huge proponents of person-first language. I just sort of used Disability mm-hmm. Rights California's definition, thought it was <laughs> most compact. Well, I'm, I'm chuckling
2: right now because I'm actually friends with uh, the people <laughs> from, from Disability Rights California. So I, um, you know, with all, all respect to them and everything, uh, and I do have considerable respect for them, I, I just, I, I don't buy into it. Their, their heart's in the right place, but I think it's,
1: it's not really something that, that carries much weight with me. Let's take this from a, a couple different perspectives. First, I'm a writer and speaker on the topic of living with bipolar disorder. I have bipolar disorder, and I often say... My name is Gabe Howard, and I'm bipolar. And I get some pushback on this. I get people that come up to me and say, no, 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 no. You're not bipolar. You're Gabe. You live with bipolar disorder. Now, this sort of affects me in a, in a few different ways because I sort of feel like if I can't talk about my own illness in the way that I want to, well, that's, that's sort of the very definition of being stigmatized.
2: Yeah, I'd say so. That, that's not cool.
1: I sort of feel this way because I really look at, I look at the utility of it. You know, the, the, the words in the mental health industry are just, you know, unfortunately English was not nice to us. Uh, You know, mental health, mental illness, you know, these are, these are bulky words. Uh, You know, as a blogger, I have to use keywords and my keywords are always, you know, bipolar disorder or, or mental health disease. And I just wish it could be cancer because it's like one word, Uh, but it, it's, it's a bulky word anyway. So if I have to make my title, I am a person living with bipolar disorder rather than I'm bipolar, that sort of sets me aside in, in, you know, the Twitter verse where you get 160 characters.
2: Right. you know, one of the other things too, is that people, you know, as you just implied there, they're saying you are not your disease essentially. And, and of course I, I, I don't understand why, People even think that's what you mean when you say I'm bipolar. That's just ridiculous.
1: The first thing that I want to throw out there is, of course, I'm not my disease, and and nobody is louder about that than Gabe Howard. I I, I write about it. I speak about it. Right now, in front of my house, there is a sign that announces to the world that I'm bipolar. It's carved into a rock. I'll include a picture someday. So. <laughs> I truly and honestly don't believe I'm my disease. And I sort of do give pushback on the idea that saying I'm bipolar sells my gabeness and describes me as simply the disease. Any more than saying I'm hungry sells my gabeness and describes me as just somebody that needs food to live.
2: Well, you kind of do need food to live. But besides that, yes, I totally agree with you. Um, One of the things that I've heard is, you know, if you have cancer, you don't say, I am cancer. I'm like, no, because I'm a writer and that's not grammatically correct. You know, bipolar is an adjective, right? By definition, you know, it describes things of of two extremes. It is, a, it is bipolar. A lot of people get upset when people say, oh, the weather is really bipolar today. Well, you shouldn't. Because technically, you know, that's that's an appropriate use of the word. You're trying to co-opt that word to mean nothing but bipolar disorder. But, you know, that's probably another topic altogether.
1: <laughs> well, the, but. I, I do want to be clear. It's important to be clear that, that I don't want anybody to think that I am just bipolar. And I think the interesting part about the whole idea behind person-first language is it sort of insinuates that the, that the just is in there. When I say yeah. I'm bipolar, people hear I'm just bipolar. And I really think that that is where the stigmatization comes in. Why did you add a word? When I said yeah. I'm bipolar, why did you, the listener, decide that that's all I was? I think that's the education point. I shouldn't have to change the way I talk because you misunderstood.
2: Made assumptions, in other words.
1: Right. So your assumption has now become the person with the illness's problem, which is one more burden for people that live with mental health issues. And it's fine if if these people
2: themselves want to use person first language and, and and feel offended if somebody says, well, you're bipolar, aren't you? And they say, no, I'm a person who lives with bipolar disorder. That's fine. But don't insist that everybody, you know, bow to that
1: particular demand because I just don't, I I don't see that that's okay. This is one of the very interesting things for me, of course. My, my real name for, for all of those listening is Gabriel. I was born Gabriel. I don't like to be called Gabriel. I like to be called Gabe. There are two people on the planet that currently get away with it. My 81 year old grandmother, whom I love dearly, my favorite person in the world, she can call me Gabriel. And my wife can call me Gabriel because, hey, I, I've I've put enough burden on her to, to stop her from doing that. Everybody else, I insist, calls me Gabe. However, I do acknowledge that they are accurate when they say that my name is Gabriel. I'm just asking yep. them not to call me that. Yep. That's how I look at this.
2: And, and I'm in the same boat. Uh, I, I still, unfortunately, have a certain number of people that I grew up with who call me Vinny and, and I can't stand it, but I, you know, they've been calling me that since I was a toddler. So I can't really stop them at this point.
1: Vinny, I grew up with you.
2: I'm going to hurt you.
1: <laughs> okay. So <laughs> let, let, let's let move forward a little bit and, and let's attack. Let, let's attack a couple of things. One, for those that don't know, Vincent M. Wales is an award-winning writer. You are Words, grammar is your trade. I am English more is your than trade. Words, <laughs> Excellent point, but <laughs> nobody understands English as well as you do. It's your, it's your trade. Funny people do. Let's let's not exaggerate. Um, but,
2: you, but yeah, I mean, I, I, language is important to me, of course.
1: Okay, so let's explain why I'm bipolar and I'm living with bipolar are both correct. As if you were my my eighth grade English teacher.
2: I think it's pretty clear that I'm a person living with bipolar disorder is 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 very clear. I mean nobody's going to have an issue with that. I am bipolar. Again, I think the only way that you can you can say that that is incorrect is if you are assuming that the person means that they are an incarnation of their disease. But nobody who says I am bipolar actually means that. So it's it's less I think about the language itself than it is about the meanings that the listeners are putting on those words
1: all right that's fair so let's move away from bi- bipolar is 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 my thing you know, I live with bipolar that's sort of the pushback that I get but how do we how do we look at this from a you know again removing bipolar and say mentally ill people versus people with mental health experiences? I mean how do we you know mentally ill is sort of the yeah
2: that that actually in from my perspective that even makes. Our point of view um, more legit because if you have a cold or the flu, do you ever not say I'm sick? You know, like yeah, I'm I'm pretty sick today. You, you don't you don't think anything of that. So why would you have an issue with I'm mentally ill? There's really no difference.
1: I think the difference is. I'm going to put on my debate hat for a moment. I think the difference is, is when you say you're sick, people don't immediately have a negative reaction to it. When you say I'm mentally ill, people think that you might become violent. They think well, that you might well,
2: be. A, even without the aspect of violence, you're, you're right. I mean, there is there is a stigma attached to mental illness, but that's not something we're going to get rid of by just changing how how we refer to ourselves.
1: I sort of have a couple of points to make on that. One, I completely agree with you. I don't think that person-first language has really done much to educate the public or make the public treat us better. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is why do we have to change the way that we talk to make the public more comfortable around us? It, it, it's a bit. It seems a bit. I'm going to use victim blaming, even though I don't think that I'm a victim in any way, or that anybody else is, but. You're putting the onus on the wrong person. The misunderstanding comes from the general public, but now we have to change everything about ourselves and how we relate to each other so that they accept us better. Yeah. <laughs> it
2: Yeah. It I seems agree.
1: like a burden. It does. And what I think I dislike most about it is for some reason even though this is yet another burden placed on people living with mental illness, People are okay with this. In fact, there's whole classes taught on how we should speak about ourselves. So instead of you know learning how to cope with uh, various mental illnesses, instead of you know learning uh, you know how to get back to work, how to take medicine, how to educate folks, we're learning to change the way we describe our illness.
2: It, yeah, but you know it's not just aimed at at us. It's it's aimed at the general public when they talk about
1: us. And that's really I'm. Thank you, Vin. I'm very glad that you brought that up. Because here's another sort of phenomenon that I've been noticing. If somebody says, Gabe, you're bipolar, that does not offend me because I am bipolar. But now that I have this person-first knowledge idea in my head, if the uninitiated, the the ignorant, somebody trying to learn, walks up and says, you're bipolar, I've had the person-first language training. So... Am I allowed to yell at them? Can I tell them that what they're doing is offensive? It seems like another way to see the public as against us.
2: Yeah, I can see how you'd see that.
1: Yeah. And I think that some folks... Listen, Vin, you and I live with mental illness. I want to make sure that all the listeners completely understand that, that living with mental illness is a burden. And the public is not always nice to us. I, I, I need to be very clear on that point. So having yet another reason to feel that the public doesn't understand us, I don't think serves our community.
2: Uh, Yeah, it's, it's not necessary. I don't need that.
1: So now we have to take this opportunity to, what do we do? Is this the sticking point that we want? If somebody calls us mentally ill versus a person living with mental illness, is the thing that we want to do is change their grammar context or explain to them what we go through in life so that we can make them an ally? And I sort of see it as a lost opportunity. The more opportunities that we have for misunderstanding, the more opportunity, the, the lost opportunity of making a connection, of educating the public, of moving forward. Vin, what do you think about that? I, I know you have opinions on this subject. We've talked about it many times.
2: Well, you know, our struggle is, is tough enough already. Uh, as you said, we, uh, those of us who have mental illnesses are in a situation where the, the public isn't always nice to us. You know, we're dealing not only with that, the, you know, the general stigma of of being mentally ill, but also our own interior struggles. So adding this on top of all of that is is just not something that, that we need. I I if I, I really wish I'd never even heard of person first language. It would it would be a relief
1: to me. That's much how I felt the first time that I was confronted with this idea that the very words that I was using to describe my own journey and educate the public was actually something that people felt I was using to discriminate or stigmatize myself. It actually made me feel quite a bit bad because I thought, oh wow, I-, I can't believe that I was using the wrong words all this time there's a there's a concept one of the examples that that we did at the beginning of the show was they said that using words like this makes it more inclusive this is something that i have never been able to get really a a fair answer from how is using person first language more inclusive do you have any thoughts on that any ideas
2: when when you say it's it's more inclusive i think what is meant is that you are not alienating people right off the bat uh, as as though this language does that. And and clearly it must to some. But as you and I are kind of making clear here, being told to spin our language is kind of off putting to us. So it's it's one of those things, like I said, you know, I I, I get where they're coming from. I think their heart's in the right place in, in a lot of ways, but ultimately I think it's just a, a bit misguided.
1: I feel much the same way. My my uncle, my 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 favorite uncle, uh, he has uh, diabetes, and when you offer him cake at family functions, he says, "I can't. I'm a diabetic." And never once has anybody approached him and told him that he was stigmatizing himself, right. selling his, uh, I, I I don't know, soul to to the the world, or that he was less than a person. It it was right. just the way the words flowed, and I'm sort of. Uh, struck that maybe just maybe we're borrowing trouble in the mental health community with person first language. That's a good way to put it. Okay. For, for a moment, I I do feel like we need to give credence to the other side. What would somebody let, let's say that you and I were debating this and you were on the, no person first language is good. What would be your strongest argument for this? Well, that's an interesting question. Um,
2: I suppose I would have to go with, um, with what I think is, is their real thrust here is that um, it does put the emphasis on the person rather than the, than the disease. But, <laughs> you know, to me that's so trivial. It's, it's not even worth pushing.
1: I want to be fair here. Of course, of course, of course, of course, we want to put the emphasis on the person and not the disease. I, I don't care if it's mental illness, physical illness, or an example we used of being hungry or tired or sick. People right. are the most important thing of all. I, I am always going to be gay before I am bipolar, and I, I very much want that. Obviously, as we've talked about this whole episode, I just don't think that person first language achieves that goal. I think that education, inclusion, updating the way people feel about these illnesses, because the society is so misunderstood. I think that's what gets people put first, not changing around some words at the at the beginning of a sentence.
2: I agree. I totally agree.
1: Well, Vin, it's easy to get you to agree with me. You know, I've known you for 20 years and you're my co-host. So, On, on certain topics. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to pick one that we disagree with. Listen, person-first language is not going away. It, it's it's a well-respected phenomenon in the mental health community. There are white papers written on it. It's everywhere. It's It's been dispatched to media. It doesn't really matter what Gabe and Vin feel about it. It's not going anywhere. So really what I want to tell people is... You can talk however you want. If you tell me to please say that you are a person living with mental illness or depression, I will gladly do that for you. But I would ask for the same courtesy in reverse. And I think that's really the only logical place that we can end with this. You know, Gabe and Vin can't get up on a soapbox and demand that people stop using person-first language. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I just like to point out that coming the other way, equally ridiculous. All right, then all right well hey that is our show for today as always you're welcome to say whatever you want in the comments section of this uh podcast it's okay to disagree with us it's okay to start a conversation in fact on the internet it's pretty much required so my name is gabe howard with me as always is vincent wales and we will see you next time thanks so much for tuning in
0: PsychCentral.com is the internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. PsychCentral is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is a professional speaker, award-winning writer, and mental health advocate. You can find more information on Gabe and his work at GabeHoward.com. Vincent M. Wales is an award-winning speculative fiction novelist and suicide prevention crisis counselor. You can find more information on Vincent at vincentmwales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email psychcentral.com.